the Detroit Pistons got absolutely blitzed by Julius Randle and the New York Knicks tonight. Just just a very tough game. We'll, we'll talk about everything that happened in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. And today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code LOCKDOWN at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. So you guys remember the last few podcasts, you know, we were talking about how much better the Pistons have looked, how much, you know, how much they've been moving the ball, how much they've been playing for each other, how they've been competitive against teams that are much better than them without what are supposed to be their better players, uh, playing with more bench units, seeing guys who were originally on the bench, now starters, playing more minutes and playing much better. You remember how we talked about all that and about how much fun that was and how even in some of the losses we were having fun watching that? You guys remember that? Well, that just went out the window completely. Went out the window completely, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. This is going to be a short episode. This is not going to be a very long episode because I don't got much to say to you guys about this. The Pistons played the New York Knicks at LCA. They allowed 40 points. They lost, by the way. I don't know if you guys didn't watch. They lost by far. They lost by 30 points, 140 to 110. 30 points. But but the Knicks scored 40 points in the first quarter. 40 points. They damn near scored 40 points again in the third quarter. They scored 30-plus in every single quarter, every single one. They had 68 points in the paint. Their biggest lead was 32 points. The Pistons got absolutely manhandled, got absolutely blitzed, and flat-out destroyed by the New York Knicks. Just There's no other way to, no other way to sugarcoat it. They got destroyed physically, mentally. <laughs> they got obliterated tonight. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I said this during the game on Twitter. I watched this whole game. Yes, I, I put my, myself through that torture. I watched this entire game. And I, I couldn't tell you guys when it, what point it was that everything went south. It just felt like it was going south since tip-off. Like, I, I can't tell you guys a point in the game where it was like, oh, yep, that was the turn of the game. It just felt like it was heading there all the way. Like, ever since this tip-off happened, it was already just down, 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 down. It was – this was a pitiful game. Absolutely pitiful game by the Detroit Pistons. Just, just flat-out pitiful. You got the return of Isaiah Stewart and Boyan Bogdanovich in this game. The Pistons went with a starting lineup of Killian Hayes, Isaiah Livers, Boyan Bogdanovich, Isaiah Stewart, and Marvin Bagley. And they got blitzed. Let me read you guys some of the, the plus minuses of the starters, okay? The Pistons starters, minus 21, minus 22, minus 20, minus 23, minus 22. Now let's go look at the Knicks starters. Plus 37, plus 31, 
plus 36, plus 32. Brunson only had to play 18 minutes this game. He was a plus 15. He only played 18 minutes, though. If he would have kept playing, he would have ended up over 30 as well. This this was just, this. I, I don't even know, like, this was pitiful, dude. I don't know how else to say it. This this was a tough, tough watch to, to have. And, you know, I'd love to sit here and try to act like I should take takeaways from this, and maybe I should. I'm going to. But it is just one game, and hopefully this is not something for the future. Um. But one of the takeaways that I have for this game, and it was a takeaway that, or something I was concerned about before the season, it was something I told you guys I was concerned about throughout the preseason, again the offseason, preseason, even the beginning of the of the of the regular season. Um, the Pistons went with their two big man lineup of Isaiah Stewart and Marvin Bagley. Now I have plenty of questions. You guys already know all the questions I have about that that lineup. You guys already know all the questions I have about it. But I think the biggest the biggest question or the biggest the biggest thing I'm going to be watching for because it's it, it's what makes it make the like least amount of sense to me is the fact that it's supposed to be a big lineup but it's not a big lineup it's not like you're playing you're not playing two 611 guys next to each other you're not playing a 611 with a 7 foot guy like the Toronto Raptors run out a lineup of all wings and that's a bigger lineup than what the Pistons put out tonight so this little two big man lineup where it's like, okay, we're going to put these two guys out there. We're just going to dominate the paint. We're going to dominate the boards. We're going to, you know, we're going to be physically imposing. That's not what these two guys are. So when the Pistons go big, they're not actually going big. Isaiah Stewart's an undersized big. He has limited athleticism. So it's not like he can really punish people in the paint. That was one of the reasons why they moved him down to the floor because he couldn't punish people down the paint. And Marvin Bagley, despite the fact that he had been playing so well the last few games, the last two games, he rebounded well. He didn't do so this game. And throughout his career, he has just not been that good of a, of a rebounder like that, defensive rebounder like that. And he's not a defender. He, he's a bad defender, too. And he doesn't play big. He, he's a, he's a I don't want to say he, he's not tiny, but he's not like some big guy. So the Pistons are, run out this two-big-man lineup, and it's not even a big lineup. It, they're not even playing big. So it's that, that's just something I'll be watching for the rest of the year. Maybe... Bagley gets better as a rebounder as it goes. I know Dwayne Casey said before the game that that's something they've been telling him he has to become a better rebounder. We'll see if he does that the rest of the season. We'll see if Stu shows up more things as as like shows us more stuff as a four outside of just shooting, which by the way, we'll talk about it a little later. The only positive really I'm taking from tonight is the fact that Stu hit five threes tonight. All of them came, I, I believe four of them came in the fourth quarter. The Knicks just weren't even guarding him. He was like, okay, I'm gonna shoot it. And he was making them. So that's the best thing that we saw from tonight. But yeah, that's just something I think you guys should watch for the future. Is that the Pistons are running a two-bag man lineup, and I don't even think that it, it it results in them playing big. They're still playing somewhat undersized, and there's still some questionable fits outside of that. So, and, and you saw that against Julius Randle. Julius Randle plays big. Julius Randle is a is 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 very physical. He plays bigger than he is, and he looked like he was on pace for 50 points tonight after the first quarter. Actually, after the first quarter, I believe actually he was on pace for sixty after the first quarter, and he just it ended up not even play, he ended up not playing enough minutes for it. He ended the game with thirty six points, fourteen of twenty four from the field. He was just he was just physically imposing on the Detroit Pistons, just dominating. Now what New York has out there, that's a big lineup. They run Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. That's a big that's a two big man lineup. 
Robinson had 13 rebounds. Randall had seven. Robinson only played 26 minutes. And he had more he had more rebounds than Stu and Bagley combined. That's a two big man lineup. Both of those guys play bigger than they are, and they're both physically imposing. You're, that's not what that that's not what the Pistons big man uh duo is. So again, it is just one game. It's just one game, but I'm not saying that just based off one game. I'm saying this because it was a concern I had in the offseason and the preseason. It's something that they're gonna have to work on since this is something they want to do for the rest of the season. Bagley's just going to have to become a better rebounder. He's going to have to be a consistently good rebounder, play much more physical, play bigger than he is. And Stu's going to have to try to find a way to be more effective as a four. I, I I don't think he can do that just by hitting threes. Hitting threes is a good thing, though. Five or nine, that's great. That's great. It is. But he, I don't think that's all he can do as a four to make it work. So, just overall terrible game for the Pistons, man. Just overall, just an utterly terrible game for the Detroit Pistons. This got manhandled by by Julius Randle all night. And their best player, or what many people would say their best player, Jalen Brunson, only had to play 18 minutes. And they still won by 30 points. Like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you guys with that, man. The last stat I'll say before we go to the break. Just remember this. The New York Knicks, they had 57 rebounds. The Pistons, starting a two-big-man lineup, a two-quote-unquote big-man lineup, had 38. They got out-rebounded by 19 rebounds. 19. Just just, just watch that moving forward and, and, and remember this. Just, just stay tuned. When we come back, we, we got to talk more about what the hell we just watched. For those of you guys who actually watched throughout the game, we got to talk about some other things that just didn't go very well for the Detroit Pistons during this game. Um, yeah, man. But before we get to that, man, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors. And this one is my favorite sponsor, Sweatblock. Now, listen, if you're anything like me or if you like many people out there, you have to deal with some random sweating every now and then. Not even doing any physical activity. You'll just be out in public hanging out with your friends, hanging out by yourself. Who knows? And you just start randomly sweating. Now your shirt's all messed up. You don't want to raise your arms. And it's been an issue I've dealt with really my whole life. So when Lockdown Pistons said that Sweatblock was going to be a sponsor for the podcast and they sent me some product last year, I was really interested to try it. I didn't believe it at first. I was like, no way. How simple is this? I looked at it. I read it. It says, listen, you simply go take a shower. You take these antiperspirant wipes. You wipe them underneath your arms after you take your shower. And then you're good for a week. You're good. I read that from Sweatblock, and I was like, no way. There's no way this is actually true. But I did it, and would you know it, for a week, I was completely good. I was completely sold. And this is why it's my favorite product. It gives you confidence to wear what you want without worrying about embarrassing sweat. Sweatblock wipes were featured and tested, by the way, on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. So, look, if it's working for firefighters and it's working for your favorite host, Kuka Hill, it has to work for you guys, too. You guys got to check it out, man. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock right now. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Again, save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, 
head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So, again, the Pistons lost this game by 30 to the New York Knicks. And they played everybody in this game. They played The Pistons played every single person in this game. And, you know, I talked about the rebounds. The rebounds were were concern, are, are, are concerning. Um, we, we just spent the whole segment talking about that before. But another thing that's just concerning to me, and it's been something that's been concerning to me all year, all year. And I've seen some of you guys talk about it in the comments on Twitter. I've seen a lot of you guys talk about this. It's been something that's been talked about in the Pistons community all season. Some of the turnovers that the Detroit Pistons make, not even their point guard, Killian Hayes, who, by the way, had zero turnovers tonight, and who, by the way, scored immediate seven points in the first quarter to then get immediately benched by Dwayne Casey until the four-minute mark of the second quarter, completely taking him out of a rhythm. He hit a step back, a pull-up three, another fadeaway mid-range. He was cooking Jalen Brunson, and then they immediately took him out the game. He And, and it just ruined his whole flow. He would have had 20-plus points tonight if Dwayne Casey would have just rode with him and let him ride out his hot hand. He was playing – he was looking like the best player on the floor for the Pistons. And then he immediately got taken out the game. Because Dwayne Casey likes to predetermine his rotations before the game, and no matter what he's seeing on the floor, no matter what he's – whatever a player is, if he's hot, cold, feeling it, he's going to stick to that predetermined rotation. And that that rota- – I, I couldn't believe it that – one of your own players were sabotaged by his own very coach. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. He was the first sub and he was the best player out there. And he didn't come back in for another 12 minutes. I, it was mind blowing. Just utter mind blowing to me. But either way, going back to my original point, I don't want to get on a tangent with that. My original point, some of the turnovers that the Pistons forwards make are some of the worst turnovers I have seen from a basketball team. The Pistons had 16 turnovers tonight. Again, they started Killing Hayes, Isaiah Livers, Boyan Bogdanovich, Isaiah Stewart, and Marvin Bagley. So really, the only ball handler you see in that lineup that should be creating for everybody is Killing Hayes. And he had zero. But Boyan had three. Bagley had four. Stu had two. What's up with that? You, 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 have, you have nine turnovers in your, in your starting lineup, and your point guard doesn't have a singular one. You know what that says? Not just from looking at the box score, but if you watch the game, guys continue to try to do things that they are not, they should not be trying to do. This, this I don't, I don't get it. Boyan, he had two turnovers tonight. He, the last one he had in the second half, he drove to the rim. They shut him off. He panicked and he threw a skip corner pass when the guy, the the, the corner defender. Wasn't tagging down, wasn't helping down the roller. He was just standing there. He was just standing there. And Boyan threw it directly to him. It wasn't even close to an open read. There was no way anyone could have made that pass. I don't care if the defender was invisible. It wouldn't have went through him. He's right there. And Boyan threw it directly to him. Some of the turnovers that these guys make are turnovers that would have got me benched in high school. My high school varsity coach would have sat me down. I probably would have never played the rest of the game with some of the turnovers that the Detroit Pistons make. Hamadou Diallo had a turnover at the end of the game where I, it's just unacceptable stuff. There's a few other ones we're going to talk about too. Just, just, just wait. Hamadou Diallo had a turnover at the end of this game. He was at the right wing. Killian Hayes is at the top of the top of the key. And instead of throwing it to Killian Hayes, I kid you not, Diallo just lobs it 
towards Killian's defender. Had no chance of getting to Killian. It wasn't even directed towards Killian, it looked like. It looked like he was actually throwing it to the Nick defender, and then didn't even get back on defense. I, I, how is that acceptable? Marvin Bagley had a turnover in the third quarter where he passed the ball to himself at the top of the key. He passed the ball to himself. Isaiah Stewart had two traveling calls because he got the ball kicked out to him at the three-point line and with a guy actually closing out because that's not area of strength for him. He tried taking him off the dribble drive and he shuffled his feet both times. Like, I, and I could keep going on and keep going on and keep going on. This has been a problem for the Pistons all year. Even during their the last six, seven, eight games when they are playing really well, Boyan continues to struggle with bad, bad turnovers. Some of his turnovers are just horrific. Just, just, just awful turnovers he's been dealing with. And the fact that they turn the ball over so much outside of their primary guards is a problem. Your primary, your primary ball handlers, most primary ball handlers are the ones that carry out the turnovers because they have to have the ball in their hands. They're the ones creating for everybody else, creating for themselves. They have it in their hands a lot. So if Killian had three turnovers tonight, that would make sense. That would make sense because he's your point guard. He's running the offense. He's trying to create for everybody. That's going to happen. I, I Most would understand that. But your center having four, your power forward having two, your small forward having three, nine turnovers in the first in the starting lineup is unacceptable. Just, just blatantly unacceptable. So that's just another area that I don't know. And to be honest, I don't know if it's ever going to change because a lot of these turnovers come, it's not, these turnovers come from guys being enabled to do things that they shouldn't be doing. Like Boyan, incredible score. Putting him in situations to score, incredible. Giving him the ball repeatedly at the top of the key to run a pick and roll and make a read and figure out what the defense is doing. It hasn't it hasn't been a good thing all season. And it's lost to multiple games at the end of the stretch. But they keep doing it. I don't know how much longer we can blame Boyan instead of the coaching staff. Like, let me make let me say this to you guys. Me or you go out there in the basketball court. They tell you, hey, Koo, hey, whoever's listening. We're going to give you a one-game contract in the NBA. In this one game, we're going to put the ball in your hands. I want you to go do whatever the hell you want. You have one ch- – you're out there on the basketball court. Your coach tells you you can do whatever you want with the ball in your hands. Would you pass? Would you Would you then say, no, I don't want the ball in my hands? You can, At a certain point, you can't blame Boyan for saying, okay, I'll take the ball. He wants the ball. He wants to score. But putting him over and over in situations where he's just not good at and you're seeing his playmaking, his lack of playmaking, I should say, just repeatedly on on display. I mean, at a certain point, you got to talk. To, you got to talk about the coaching staff putting him in positions to continue to do this. And that goes top down, not just not just Boyan, but all the other turnovers too. It's just it, it's just tough stuff, man. Tough stuff. You can't have those silly turnovers. Turnovers that are unforced. It makes life so much harder on you. You you can't do that. You can't do that. So that was just one of the major points. That really destroyed the Pistons. I believe the Pistons had four turnovers in the first in the first two minutes of the game, like, and they were all again all by forwards, all from from your non point guard. So it's that's just another thing that they struggled with in this game against the Knicks that they have to improve on. They they have to simplify. I don't know if you have to simplify the offense. I don't know what it is, but you gotta let your guard run the offense and create for guys. And you got you got you got to play within yourself too. Guys need to be playing within themselves. 
But it is what it is, man. Tough game. That's all I've got with that one. When we come back, we'll talk about some other stuff that happened in this game. We're going to talk about Sadiq a little bit in the final segment, too. But <sighs> until then, I got to tell you guys about another one of our sponsors, ExpressVPN. So we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, correct? But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. This could change your world. ExpressVPN allows you to binge, let's say, the Office UK version on Netflix. It's so simple to do. To sign up, sign into Netflix, fire up the ExpressVPN app, change my location to UK, Express Netflix, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries, so just imagine all the Netflix libraries you could possibly go through. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason why I use ExpressVPN is to watch shows is because it's ridiculously flat fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN also works on all your devices, phones, media, consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to Express vpn.com slash locked on right now and you can get an extra three months of express vpn for free that's expressvpn.com slash locked on expressvpn.com slash locked to learn more today again that's expressvpn.com slash locked on right now and you can receive an extra three months of express vpn for free So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. This is this is by far, I think, the worst Piston game of the season. I, I don't think many people would disagree with that. It was by far the worst game I've watched of them this year. So there's that. Uh I guess you can have the few positives. I saved the positives for the end. Some of you guys may wonder, why didn't you talk, start off with some positives? There's no way in living hell that anyone should even remotely think about positives after a 30-point loss in which you gave up 30 points in every quarter. You gave up 140 points to the New York Knicks. You can't you can't say anything positive for at least like forty five minutes. You, you, you there's no way you can hear anything positive or should talk about anything positive until you get everything else out the way. So let me just give some quick hitters that if you want to look for some kind of positivity in this game, you can. First one obviously is Isaiah Stewart. He went five of nine from deep. He hit four of them, I believe, in the fourth quarter when the Knicks just were blatantly not guarding him. And he said, "Okay, screw it, I'm gonna take these shots," and he was hitting them. That's nice to see from him. That's by far, I believe, a career high for him. Most threes in a game. Nice to see from him. First game back. Um, yeah, we everyone wants to see Stu hit threes. That's a big part of his development, and, and that's a that's that's a good step forward right here. I believe he's up to thirty six percent from deep this season after this game. So that's that's a big deal. So he he's playing. He, he shot the ball well tonight. I wouldn't say he played well tonight, but he shot the ball. I don't think anybody played well tonight, but he shot the ball pretty well uh, from deep tonight. Good to see. Um, Killing Hayes started off really hot. And like I said earlier, I'm not going to get into this rant, but 
Dwayne Casey sabotaged my guy. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, he ended the game with 11 points and six assists. Fine game, I guess. Not not a good game. Actually, a bad game because the Pistons got, less like I said, was Stu. Terrible game. The Pistons got blitzed and destroyed. So, um, started out fast and, and, you know, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, wasn't able to uh, capitalize on that hot start. So, is what is there. And then the next positive that we'll have is Jalen Duran looks like the best big man on the team. I said it. There's no more pretending about it. I, there's no more sugarcoating it. There's no more, oh, he's he's too young. There's no more, oh, we need to see more. There's no more, oh, if you play him too many minutes, he may foul out. There's no more, oh, he's too young for you to already throw him into the starting lineup. He won't be ready. No, I don't want to hear any of that. He's the best big man on the Pistons roster. I think it's clear, too. He's not going to put up the most points of any big on the roster. He's not going to... He's not going to just wow you with 12 shot attempts and, 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 you know, 20 points or whatever. But he's the most consistently defensive big man they got. He's the best passing big man they got. He's the best screening big man you got. He, he might be the best lob threat you got. He's he's tries to dunk everything around the rim. He might be the best finisher on the rim on the, at the big man spot you got. Him and Marvin Bagley. Best, like I said, with the best screening and passing in the short roll and, and, and from the high post, all that, along with the fact that he's easily their best defensive uh, – not actually, you know what? Let me not say the best defensive big man because people will say Stu's really good at switching out, and that's true. But as far as running drop coverage and protecting the rim, I think he's the best one on the roster with that too. So, listen, I think Jalen Duren's already the best big man on the roster, and I don't think we should be sugarcoating it or, or hiding it any longer. Like you can like the other guys. You can if you like Isaiah Stewart, you can like Isaiah Stewart. If you like Marvin Bagley, you can like Marvin Bagley. You don't have to dislike those guys. But Jalen Duran's the best big on the roster. I, I feel confident saying that. And it, it's only a matter of of it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when the Pistons just forfeit the idea that he's not ready and just start him. It's it's a matter of when, not if. So we'll see. Well, let's go ahead and start the ticker now to see how long it takes for the Pistons to realize that Jalen Duran is probably their best big man should start. Let's just start the ticker now. We're going to start it at November 29th. Let's just see how long it takes. And now we end the podcast talking about Sadiq Bey. Listen. Sadiq Bey shot 0-5 from deep tonight. He is now down to 27% on the year from deep. He shot 34% from deep last year. He's at 27% again this year. It's getting to a point. It's getting to a large enough sample size. This is about what? 100 games now? 700 attempts? I think I saw someone tweet earlier at me. This is getting to a sample size where you guys start asking two things. You guys start asking two things. And both of these things were brought to my attention from one of you guys that listened to the show and tweeted at me and DM'd me. And it's fair questions to ask. Two questions. One, does Sadiq believe he's a shooter still? Does he still believe he's a shooter? Because of the we already talked about how he sidesteps too much. He drives on too many open threes, passes them up. He hesitates on too many. So does Sadiq think he's a good shooter still? D- does he still have that belief? And two, do, do, do other teams think Sadiq is a, is a good shooter? Because now, watching tonight's game against the Knicks, I think there might be an argument you could make. You might be able to make an argument, and I don't know if you could disagree with it. 
Because I saw it happening tonight against the Knicks. Now, I don't know. I'd have to go rewatch other games and watch more closely to see if other teams are doing it. But the Knicks definitely were. Are opposing teams leaving Sadiq open on purpose? Like, some guys, like when people say we're generating open threes. Well, sometimes you're generating open threes because the defense wants you to generate open threes for that specific player. So, like, for example, what they were doing to Stu in the fourth quarter were blatant, was, was blatant. They were like, you know what, Stu, we're not guarding you. Take the threes all you want. He made four of them. Super dope for Stu, but that's what def- that's what the New York Knicks defense was actively saying to him. We want you taking these threes. This is not you guys creating threes. This is us giving you this three. The Knicks might it looked like the Knicks were doing the same thing to, to Sadiq. And if re if that is true, if that if that's something that defenses are starting to do to the Pistons, if defenses are starting to not respect Sadiq as a shooter at all, and now Sadiq shooting a three is part of their game plan. The Pistons have a problem. The, the Pistons have a problem. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter how much he's improved inside the arc or at the rim. If defense have gotten to a point that they, that part of their, if they've gotten to a point with a W for their possession, where, where they can say we won that possession is giving a Sadiq an open three. We're, we're at, we're at death count three. We, we have a major problem. Now, again, I saw this. I, I, it was pointed out to me by one of you guys during the Knicks game, so I was watching it, and it looked like that was the case. I, I, I can't sit here and say that I focused enough on that all the other games, so I, now I will be watching the rest of the games moving forward to see if that is indeed how defenses are playing the Pistons, and if it is, we have a problem. There, there, there's a problem that, that needs to be had, and, and Sadiq has to snap out of it if that's what's happening. He needs to snap out of it nonetheless, but if that's happening, he really needs to snap out of it. Because that's growing, that's 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 bad. That's really bad. So, yes, a very a very uh, not a very fun podcast, not a very happy podcast. But I don't, how can you have a happy podcast after losing by thirty points to the New York Knicks? If one of you guys can tell me how, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. But that's all I've got for you guys today, man. Hopefully, when the Pistons get back in action, I believe on Thursday. You don't have this happen again. Um, I told you guys that I wanted to watch for what this team would look like when guys started coming back. Would they start to look worse? Would they start to you know, not share the ball as much? Would their defense fall apart? I wanted to watch for it. Now, again, it's just one game. Nowhere, you're not going to overreact to one game and say, oh, yep, can't, these guys are hurting the team. No, you don't do that. But it's definitely something you continue to watch for for the next few weeks. So let's hopefully we see a better outcome on Thursday, a better fight, a better competitive game. Um, and yeah, tough game against the Knicks, man. Awful game. Worst game of the year. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe and peace out.